I'm going through my NASCAR withdrawals right now. It's uh, Jeremy Kaufman, Kristen Schiaffoletti, and this is Flag to Flag, a little mid-off-season podcast for you. Uh, we're off right now on Fox Sports 640, not doing our regular schedule, but a lot of stuff happens during these NASCAR off-seasons that's good to touch on, and it has been a busy one so far, to say the least, Kristen, and the big news that I didn't see coming, I don't think anybody saw coming, yeah. the bombshell from this week, Cole Pern is not only just leaving the 19 team, he is leaving the sport of NASCAR, which we are talking about the most successful crew chief and driver combo in the sport for the last few years. I didn't see this one coming. I mean, was there any inclination on your mind that this was going <laughs> to no. happen at all? Usually there's like rumors going around, like some type of like, okay, let's see if it happens. Let's it's it, it's kind of reminiscent of Carl Edwards. Ironically, yeah. the same car number and team, too, because we're all like, all right, Carl Edwards, he almost won the title. Next year, he's going to have a good shot. And then in January, it's like, maybe yeah, about is, that. Maybe this is like their way, how they usually do it. They're like, nothing is going to ever be leaked. And then suddenly, just like, bam. Well, I'll tell you what, the conspiracy theories on Twitter yeah. have been fun because people are, you know, bringing up different things about the 19 team, how that's happened before. Obviously, with Edwards, a couple of other high profile names like crew chiefs have stepped aside from that car. But Carl Edwards, of course, being the big one to just randomly leave NASCAR while still successful. Mm-hmm. Cole Pern, you know, this is this is the modern day, at least in the last couple of years. Pern and and Truex have been the, the Knauss and Johnson as far as the stats. Nobody has won more races than them. In the last five years, we're talking about a team that has made the Final Four four times, took home a championship with 23 wins, and they have the best stats of any driver-crew chief combo since 2016. You want to talk about going out on top, he's doing that. Mm-hmm. This has been a shock to everybody. And, you know, the one thing that is different about Cole Pern leaving from Carl Edwards leaving is we got a lot of transparency from Cole Pern. He, he discussed it. Carl Edwards, I mean, he fell off the face of the earth. He resurfaces every year like he's that groundhog that they bring out, <laughs> uh, Punxsutawney Phil. That's the only time you see Carl Edwards. Cole Pern said, look, this was a family-related decision. And, and to uh, read you basically his quote from the press conference, it was an incredibly difficult decision. But at the end of the day, I really want to spend time with my family and actually see my kids grow up. Being on the road, you're away from home so much and miss a lot of time with your family. I don't want to miss that time anymore. I want to be there for all the things that my kids are going to experience while they're still young. I love racing, and there isn't a better place to be than Joe Gibbs Racing. But I want to look back in 20 years and think about everything. I'm, I don't want to look back, rather, in 20 years and think about everything that I missed with my wife and kids while I was gone. And I think that's an understandable thing. You know, you think about Family how much man. time yeah. these guys are on the road. The NASCAR season is the longest season in professional motorsports. Uh, I forgot who it was that had tweeted out the list the other day, but the NASCAR season is just under 300 days long. I mean, you think about it's not that. not a lot left for everybody else. <laughs> and, and how many off weekends do we really get? Three? Right. Right. You're on the road so much, and then the quick turnaround during the offseason. So, I mean, for Cole Pern, I can understand that. He's been successful. Uh, from what I understand, he has said that they are going to be, uh, I believe Cole Pern is Canadian, and they're going to be moving back to uh, somewhere in western Canada, the family, to be able to spend time together with a more normal career path and job. And I, I can believe that. I don't think that's some massive cover-up. I wonder like some now what think. he'll do, though. I don't know. He's pursuing it. Look, I, I, this is a guy who I think loves racing. People, you know, f- as far as conspiracy theories, the one that I've heard is that he did not like working for Joe Gibbs. And that, that comes from the whole Furniture Row rumor that we had seen where people were like, okay, Furniture Row gets better. They go out. They are a championship contender. They're actually besting Gibbs with his partnership. And people think that Gibbs went ahead and raised the money that they were paying and basically priced them out of business to stay competitive. And then they brought... 
Truex and Cole over. And then that's one of the things is that Cole Pern has animosity to that and does not like being at Gibbs Racing. But here's the thing. How the hell do we know if that's true? Right. People just say these things. There's You'll no way know. of knowing that. Right. There's there's plenty of conspiracy theories that Cole Pern is being pushed out, like Carl Edwards was pushed out, and they just do it this way. It's just We don't know, and right. we're not going to know. They're just conspiracy theories, and I'm going to listen to Cole Pern, who to me I think has given a legitimate reason as to why he wants to step away. And I don't think that that's that far I out think, of the ordinary. Right. I think if he actually does move back to home base and all that, then yeah, that's a legitimate. Now, if he stays in the area and it's like, okay, you know, fishy, questionable, but like, well, if you if you up and move, then yeah, it sounds like if he jumps back into NASCAR, okay, then clearly there was something else that was going on. Right. But if Cole Pern just wants to step aside, I I don't think that that's that crazy of an idea. And I also want to say that's not about the health of NASCAR. People are always saying, well, of course he's leaving. He sees the writing on the wall. The guy's winning in NASCAR left and right, and I'm sure he's still getting a pretty good salary. So something tells me in his mind, he's not sitting there thinking, oh, NASCAR's going down the drain. I have to bail out of here and then go completely different direction. because right, you can still bring home wins and all that. And something tells me Cole Pern is making decent money in the crew chief realm. Yeah. I think Cole Pern is probably living comfortably as far as that side of it. I don't think he sees that concern. Now, there is talk of a Ray Everham like situation here and that was an interesting one that grabbed my attention and this actually comes from a different rumor that we're seeing the 2021 nascar car that they're going to be riding this next gen stock car we had the first test a little bit while back austin dillon at richmond got kind of a a rough look at the car they do that like zebra pattern where you can't see anything so it makes it really tough to tell so just the last two days joey logano was the next guy to take over control of that test and he went out to ism raceway which is a big track that we really want to test at because this is the new championship track there's been talk about okay things did not quite race well Mm -hmm. last year at ism raceway along with other short tracks and the car is a generic car so all these teams are going to have the chance or i should say the oems the manufacturers are going to have the chance to develop after nascar decides what they're going to do with the car their own front-end designs and then those will go to nascar for approval that's how it's going to work so the car that we're seeing is a generic non-manufacturer specific car now what's interesting is they had like red lines on the grill of the front of it and i can see the resemblance that people are pointing out it kind of looks like a dodge and you know people have wanted dodge back forever right I am not going to buy into the conspiracy theory of Dodge. I'll believe it when I see it. Because to, to me, if anything... You can't believe anything. <laughs> true. Cole Pern's got... I mean, we talked right. all season about all this crazy stuff that happened where yeah. people just keep disappearing and moving, and there's no rhyme or rhythm to any of it. Here's the rumor. When Dodge came back to NASCAR last time, they snagged Jeff Gordon's crew chief, Ray Everham, and he started the team. He was the guy spearheading that first Dodge team back. And the rumor that some people now think is... This car looks like a Dodge. Dodge is coming back, and they're snagging Cole Pern in 2021. He's leaving to head up Dodge, just like Ray Everham did with a team coming back into the sport. I mean, hey, it would be interesting. I wouldn't be yeah, shocked, shocked. <laughs> right. But if you just say that's what's happening, I'm going to tell you right now, no. I, I, don't, I don't see that coming. No, no uh, people are losing their minds over the, uh, the uh, prospect of Honda coming into the sport and that honestly seems to be the most likely option and nascar is gearing up this 2021 car with the intent of attracting new manufacturers and you know there's discussion over the engines nascar saying we're going to have a hybrid element and people are already losing their mind but 
I really you don't need even to. know what the hybrid element is going to bring to the sport yet. <laughs> like, I assure you. Why are you losing your mind? It's not going to be a freaking Prius. Right. It's not going to be like, you know, oh, it's quiet when you keep under five miles an hour. This is not what's going to happen. They we, clearly know what they're getting themselves into. NASCAR <laughs> understands that these engines are loud that they need to be race car engines. We're not going to have no pit stops with these not getting fuel. They're not going to be electric cars. This is just a way of making the engines more relatable to what these these manufacturers actually put on the street. Right. And if you're trying to attract different manufacturers, they're not going to want to jump in if the engines are nothing like they produce. We are well back in technology times, you know, speak when it comes to these engines. We've always been that way. I mean, think about it. When did we just get rid of the carburetor? What, six years ago? Yeah. We went to the uh, electronic control units. So this is just for the manufacturers under the hood. This is not going to be a massive change to the on-track product or sound or look of anything. And I think people just hear the word the hybrid. Fans. Yeah. <laughs> they hear the word hybrid and they automatically think of, you know, your, your chef, your, uh, Slow and your hybrid car on the street. Whining and, yeah. It's just not what it is. And NASCAR, I think, went out and they spoke on that. And I know people right now, it's a mix. Some people are happy about the direction. They're excited. They're, they're optimistic. Other people just say it's, it's down the drain. It's, it's all this stuff. And, of course, then you have the people who are like, when Honda, if Honda shows up, that's it. Done. Final straw. You know, Toyota's been here for a lot of years, and everybody likes to say Toyota's destroying things. But all I see them doing is racing competitively and bringing more money into NASCAR. So the more manufacturers, I don't give a crap if your BMW and Mercedes show up right. next year. If they're pumping money into the sport, you can't tell me that just because they're a foreign manufacturer, it's a bad thing. I'm sorry. And, and I would assume that they're going to make their product at least somewhat up to par with who's already racing. So it's not like it's going to be like, wow. That's a no-go. Get them off the track. Guys, Chevys have parts and factories built in Mexico. Right. You so know, you, the you, same you thing for all of them. You know they're going to be competing uh, up to par to still make it worth they're not, the race. The term American, where the money's going is not the important part. It's where the jobs are. And Toyota has the most American factories where these things are built. I get the money's going back to a company run out of Japan, but you can't tell me it's not funding American workers because they're working in this country. Right. You know, a lot of manufacturers have plants that just because they're an American company doesn't mean they have factories that are building these cars in the United States. That argument to me makes no sense. You're being hypocritical at that point because you just don't like the idea of these Japanese race cars. I don't have a problem. I don't care who you bring in. You want to bring in Nissan, Honda, Kia, bring them all in. Because when a manufacturer comes in and puts money into NASCAR and says, we want to be here, you can't tell me that's a bad thing. That's what this sport needs. And I'm hoping we get Honda. And I'm hoping we get Dodge, too. I want them both back in NASCAR. I want Let's that competition. Let's everybody and see who can outdo Bring them each all other. on. Right. That's good for competition. And, you know, when Talk I looked at the car, when I look at the car they have, the front end is flat. You know, and you can see the picture, actually. I put it up. It's on our Flag to Flag Facebook page. I want you to take a look at it. Let us know what you think in the comments of the car because it, it's very unique looking. It's very different from what we have now. And I do want to remind you, this is a very early prototype. So this may not look like what we're going to fully change. get. Yeah. But the first thing I notice that I can understand why people are saying this about Dodge, the front end on it has taped up on it. There is a design. It looks like it's tape or just red lined paint. On the front of it, that does resemble that Dodge Charger kind of Mopar front end. So I can kind of see why there's speculation there. Maybe NASCAR's just throwing it in. Maybe there's some other reason that it just coincidentally looks like that. I don't know. But I can see that. As far as the car itself, though, the couple of things I noticed that I liked. One, 
there was a lot more ground clearance. That thing was not stuck to the ground on the front straightaway, or the back straightaway, rather, coming down ISM Raceway. There was one video. You got the splitter, which has a different design to it. Um, and Joey Logano gave us kind of a tour of the car, you know, because the, the first time it was tested, we didn't see much. Joey Logano did a video. It's up on his Instagram that gave a little tour of the car. And there are some differences on it. Day one, everybody's saying, that's a spoiler. It's massive. NASCAR doesn't learn from anything. Well, day two... I don't think you can call that a spoiler. Joey Logano's like, it's like a wicker. It was, I mean, it had to be an inch and a half, two inches at the most. So what I like about that means that NASCAR went out and tested all this high downforce on day one. And then day two, they completely went to the other extreme and tried low downforce, which means that they're not just committed to, we're going to go high downforce like we are now. They're going to test and see how things run. And on this car, and I'm getting this, you know, from Joey Logano. Joey tested it. This is what Joey Logano, who is a NASCAR champion, had to say. Number one, he did say they tested both extremes on the downforce. I like that. He said the big thing, these brakes on these cars are so much bigger that it really, you have to change the way that you're used to driving because you have so much more response to the brakes. They're very small on these cars, and that's a big difference when you think about getting into these corners, how you're going to control them, and how the car's going to handle. On top of that, too, he said that these cars, compared to the ones we're driving now, they don't save themselves as easily. And I, I got my, at least my best understanding of what he was saying is with the, the current car, it steps out. You just kind of try to hold on to it and it will kind of catch itself. These cars are not going to do that. You're in a situation where you really have to saw on the wheel. And he personally feels they're harder to save and that we're going to see drivers make more mistakes, which is a good thing. Because to me, when you have that happening, it increases the driver's skill that's needed. And when drivers make mistakes, you're able to pass them. When your car handles a little better, it puts that more in the driver's hands. I noticed and, um, you know, he was pointing out some design features and, you know, there, there were some not being an engineer myself that I didn't fully get. But they had stuff on the back of the car that he was saying would have allowed the air to come out the back of the car better from what I got, and that's going to put more downforce on that car, but it's going to, um, in that situation, make things behind the car, the car behind them. The way it affects the air, it should make it easier, in theory, for those cars to pass. Hmm. And, you know, that's I like this. That's stir everything. That's what we want. That's right. the big thing, you know. We need passing. We need hard racing, and we do. We need drivers to make mistakes because the cars are whole, are tougher to handle. Right now, the biggest knock that I saw from this season, it seems like everybody is just in such control of these cars that it makes passing harder because you don't have guys slipping and sliding like they used to. And I think you go back and you look at the Gen 4 era that everybody loved, your 2005, your 6, you know, that era. Those cars were not as glued to the racetrack. They, were, they had a lot of horsepower. They didn't have as much downforce. And I think it made for better racing. And I think that NASCAR needs to really look at that. I like the look of the car, too. First thing I noticed uh, on this one, they have the ducks that we saw in the all-star race in the front in the hood. They have those opening. The I think rims, it looks way more sportier. It does. Well, the rims is the big thing that I think everybody yeah. notices. Those things are real rims. I mean, they are full-on like what I would expect to see on my car. And the good thing I noticed, five lug nuts. Because there's talk of the one lug nut that they've used. I hope it doesn't go that yeah, way. I like, <laughs> you know, you see that in IndyCar and other, basically every other form of motorsport. But right. I like the challenge of the five lug nuts. I think that puts so much into the stop. We need to keep it that way. I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I'm hopeful that we'll get a bunch of new manufacturers. I I really, really am right now. So from what I'm watching, Honda and Dodge, if they both come in, jackpot. 
in 2021. I mean, I that just, is I great. I don't see how, like you were saying, I don't see how that could be a negative effect. That brings everybody into the sport to go after each other. Absolutely. The more competition, the better. Right. You're never going to convince me. I don't care what manufacturer it is. Aside competition is competition. Money. I mean, aside from the money, All just that to be able to it. watch that as a fan. Well, like, like, to be able to watch everybody compete like that. Well, it just gives you more diversity on it. You know, look, we got three t- manufacturers we're watching right now. You put five in there, that's awesome now. If we yeah. have a total of five manufacturers going at it, now you have different teams. You know, they're going to have to hunt down flagship teams. That's the thing that's the big deal. Who is Dodge going to steal away from who they're with? Who is Honda going to steal away? Right. But if you can get a major team on each of those manufacturers putting in that kind of money, I mean, it's a win-win-win. And I just don't understand how you can sit there and be upset because it's a Honda or a Toyota and sell that in any way because this is an American sport. Right. And if it wasn't for the emblem, I wonder how much you'd really be able to tell. Seriously. And, you know, that's some of the problem on top of it. I (laughs) get that issue. I I think NASCAR wants to make these things more manufacturer identifiable. I think that NASCAR wants to put more into the control and make them look more stock. And we've heard that before. Let's be real. I think NASCAR really with the new leadership knows they have to do that. I think they really do. But for from a fan's point, to give it to give it tough love, you know what I mean? How are yeah. you going to sit here? You wouldn't. You if you were removed, would not know the manufacturer specific front end. You're not going to know, right? You know, and it, I'm sorry. It's just there is no reason why a manufacturer that's being sold in the United States, because you know you give that argument. Well, let's even forget about the factories. How many Honda dealerships have you seen? How many Toyota dealerships are out there? How many salesmen work at those dealerships that will live in the United States of America and are making money off of that company? One way or another, money is coming into this country from every one of these manufacturers that are sold in here. Right. So to me, you can't make that argument. And I hope we get as many as possible. I'm excited to see the test of this car continuing. And, you know, uh, I believe it is next month that we're going to get the mile and a half test for the first time. Homestead Miami Speedway is going to get a test of this car. And then, you know, some people are already arguing. You do these single car tests, what are you learning? Well, We're in the early stages of this. Down the road, there will be tests with multiple cars to see how they run. And they will be running them with setups like this where they're completely different on opposite ends of the spectrum. And that's what NASCAR needs to do. And instead of shutting this down right away, let's take a moment and say, you know what? Let's be positive. Let's think that this might actually be something that's really cool and could be good for the sport. I mean, right off the bat, I will say, I like the way the thing looks. Some people, of course, always have to hate to hate. I like the car. If you haven't checked it out, got a couple of pictures up. It's the Flag to Flag Facebook page. Check it out. Let us know what you think because I'm curious to see what our listeners' reactions are to this car because I think, I mean, compared to what I we're like driving the now, look of it. I think it looks better than the car we have now. Yeah. I do. I think that it's much better design. And once the manufacturer front ends go on, it's going to be so much better. From the good to the bad, here's the idea that everybody hates and I can't stand that if NASCAR does it, they're making a serious, serious mistake. What do you think of this concept? Now, we know NASCAR is trying to find ways to save money for these teams. And it's important. You know, we talk about the sport. No, the sport's not dying. But it is not a money powerhouse like it was in 2005. You know, you look at the grandstands. You look what the teams are making, the prize money. It has gone down considerably. It's it's the fact of the matter. Mm -hmm. And I applaud NASCAR for, in certain ways, trying to save money for these teams. But there's a certain point where you can't cut stuff. Where you are, in my mind, damaging the sport. I've heard this rumor before, and it's back here again. NASCAR could be considering removing live pit stops from the Truck Series and the Xfinity Series. Which basically would mean that, kind of like in your local short track, really small level races, you only pit during stage breaks. There's no just come down and pit 
for tires fuel. It's not like that. You don't have a crew there for that. It's only going to be in the Cup Series. It's not the same thing. Stage break happens. They set it up so that you you know it, it only goes a full fuel run, and then everybody has to come down at the same time. There's no changing of position. You only have a couple of people. They get like five minutes. They do the service, and then they go back out. You can't do that. I'm sorry. What is that? When it <laughs> the that whole is point in, of this look, is strategy and playing playing the track and playing what? <laughs> so, so I've seen this in you know tracks that don't have full pit roads. We see it at Eldora because but that, it's a dirt track, and I understand that. But you cannot but on NASCAR's national level. <laughs> Tell me this is a good idea. I, right. I, and I don't care if it's truck or Xfinity. I like you're not doing it to the Cup Series. I get it. It doesn't matter. And to me, that right there may be one of the dumbest ideas that has been floated around by NASCAR recently. And you think about everybody's flipping out. This is a stupid idea. This is a stupid idea. This one is a stupid idea. How? And this hurts everybody across the board. This is going to lose viewers. Right. How how does how does that benefit the driver? That does nothing. They they can't strategize like they would on a regular race. They can't the, use their skill. The only benefit what? is that you don't have to pay the guys. And I see what they're saying. They're trying to think of money. but And there are areas that money needs to be cut. But you cannot cut something that integral to motorsports. You know how many I don't people care enjoy the pit, spot, pit stops? It's a massive too? part of it. Well, because like yeah. you said, too, it's strategy. And if you can't come down and just pit, then strategy's dead. Right. You're killing it. <laughs> And look, they're saying right now, okay, we don't know if it would be just trucks, maybe Xfinity. And NASCAR said that this could be delayed or scrapped completely. There is no final decision. I pray that NASCAR doesn't do this because usually I'm behind NASCAR making changes and not jumping down their throat. People always get mad. This is the one thing that I've heard from them recently that is just dumb as all hell. I'm telling you, if you want to kill these two divisions... Right. Take off the pit stops. See, to me, I enjoy watching that aside from the strategy and stuff, but it makes you like, oh, my God, go, 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 go. Like, hurry up. Like, they're making a lap on you. You know what I mean? Well, it it's keeps exciting. you on your edge. Right. It keeps you on the edge. And how are you going to take that when you are trying to keep NASCAR ahead of the game? You know what I mean? You're trying to keep it up and then you're going to be like, huh, we're taking one of the most exciting parts out. Well, you know, we talk about how sometimes you're watching a race and yeah, it's not exactly the most thrilling side-by-side -side battle all the time. But I always say, but you know what? It's always a good race because there's something going on. There's strategy. There's pit road issues. They're you know, mistakes something. happen. There right. is something that can happen on pit road that changes everything. If you take that away, to me, you are destroying these two divisions. I don't care what your reason is. I don't care if these teams are going to save freaking 80% of the money they spend during the year. I don't care. That's like... You're taking away everything. That is an integral part of the sport. You have racing and you have pit stops. And this is not short track Saturday racing with guys that are bringing their own cars there and they can't afford it. And the race is 100 right. laps with a, mid a midway break at 50. Right. That is not anything that we should be seeing at the freaking top three divisions of NASCAR racing. You are going to destroy this sport by doing something stupid like that. I don't care what level it is. Yeah, I agree. For the first time ever, I'm going to be that fan that's going to say you're trying to kill NASCAR with that. Please. I don't know who's in charge in this particular decision. I just don't know how that even, like, how you, like, you can't tell me that you processed that and thought, oh, yeah, the pit stops, like, that doesn't matter as much. <laughs> like, I don't care. How do you think of that? I just, I don't care if you have that in, like, K&N, because they do. K&N, you know, they're a lower division. They don't have but like long said, races. They're short up, tracks. We're but higher we're, up on the totem pole. <laughs> I don't care that the truck series is not the top division. It is a nationally televised division. All three of these series are televised live on national TV and are treated as a national 
division sport. of the sport. They right. are national sports. You do not take away pit stops from those three divisions. You want to do it to the other ones? Heck, don't take it from ARCA either. I know NASCAR just bought ARCA. I know that they don't have as much money. You keep it in freaking ARCA too. And then what you do below that, okay, that I understand because there's not nearly as much money. Those races are on little short tracks that don't have pit roads that are even sustainable half of them. But the fact I that we have it, it and and we're accessible to it, why aren't we why aren't we using it? Why aren't well, we it's, why yeah. It's a whole nother element too to racing. Imagine if you come into these divisions and you don't have to do a live green flag pit stop in your entire career until you're in cup. This is something that happens during these races that you learn and that when you're in the lower divisions, you a lot of times have screw-ups at because you're not used to it. You come down pit road, green flag pit stops in truck races don't happen as often as they happen in the Cup Series. And that's why it's more unique when you see it in the Truck Series and you see more mistakes. It's a whole nother element that you are taking away from NASCAR. I don't care what you try to tell me financial. This is probably the worst idea that NASCAR has floated around in years. Yep. I don't think you can argue that. Please, I- I'm begging you. You know, I, if it goes up to, you know, Steve Phelps or whoever it may be, do not take I just don't understand how that would even, like, be a thought process. Uh, it's a terrible idea. It, it really is. It's just a horrible idea. Uh, let's touch on some silly season stuff real quick because there's been some updates on, on news going on and stuff that's uh, happening in NASCAR. Still one of the big dominoes out there. Daniel Suarez. We do not know what's going to be happening with Daniel Suarez. Nothing is announced. And he's, I guess, floating around all three series right now. And... What has been seen as one of the more um, feasible options is Richard Childress racing. Now, the only thing is, this is a full-time ride in the Xfinity series. So we're dropping down a peg from Cup. And Richard is full-out said it. I want him in the two-car that Tyler Reddick drove. He thinks that he can win the championship full-time effort in Xfinity. And then he also acknowledged, but, you know, no driver wants to drop back. Case in point, when you're in the Cup series, the last thing you want to do is be like, all right, I'm going to go run for the Xfinity title again. But question, But if you're going to not get anything in the cup series wouldn't you rather try to want to win a championship because you have cup experience and you can yeah you can downgrade or downsize however you want to put it but you can still give your you can still put your skill out on the track to try to win a championship you you know i think it comes down to what ride there's going to be a place i think for daniel suarez in the cup series but it's not going to be a top ride Whereas in the Xfinity series, we're talking the defending championship car. It's a good ride. I think that for Daniel Suarez, the best move, and I don't know, maybe something's going to pop up I don't see in the Cup series where I'm like, actually, that's a pretty good ride. But I think the best move for Daniel Suarez is to go back to that two car. And this way, you go out, you run well, and then when a ride opens up, you are dominating in Xfinity or you are running well in Xfinity. And then hopefully you can jump up into the Cup series once again with more experience and be more competitive. And then knock that out of the park. What would you rather have, Xfinity driving the defending championship car for a powerhouse team? Or picking up, no offense, but picking up a front row motorsports car in the Cup Series and running 25th and having no shot at anything other than That's what I mean. Put your, skill, put your skill on the track and dominate. Yeah. Blow them and out then, of the park. And then, if you're down there in Xfinity for another two years doing good, well, guess what? When a Cup ride opens and they need somebody, they're going to say, well, you know, Daniel Suarez has just won He's back-to-back titles. Or he right. just won this many races. I think that's the best option I think for it's going to save you in the end from being maybe possibly knocked out of Cup. I agree. Because, and, and not having anywhere for you mm-hmm. at that point when that goes to happen because they've already filled the Xfinity seats. Exactly. Well, you know, we've seen this before where people stay in Cup when maybe they shouldn't. And then, and then they them. burn out in the yeah. Cup Series and now there's nowhere to go. Right. And now you've got this situation where, Don't frankly, you're Don't get greedy is how I'm looking at it right now. The fact that, like you were saying, you have a top-notch ride in Xfinity. 
go for that and save yourself in the long run and then make a comeback. We're expecting, at least from what Richard said, that we're not going to really know about Daniel Suarez until probably middle of next month because things are being worked out. I know that's what he wants because he is point blank said, said it. we yeah. would like to have Suarez in the two car and go for a championship. We think that we can win this year's title if Suarez is in the car. Uh, other news on the team, Myatt Snyder, Anthony Alfredo are going to be two drivers running a part-time schedule in that number 21 car. Richard, I think, wants to have that as a full-time operation with different drivers. All going to come down to sponsorship. If there's no sponsorship, it'll be a part-time ride. But either way, it looks like Myatt Snyder and Anthony Alfredo have secured a couple of races behind the wheel of the 21 car in 2020. Uh, another uh, interesting piece of uh, news here. So we know that uh, Ross Chastain is going to be moving to run for Cowlick Racing in the number 10 car full-time. He has already said, and it, said something, it says that this is something he says when he signs a deal every time. I want to run a bunch of races, and he intends to run as many races again as he can in NASCAR's Big Three to get experience and to show his skill. He ran 77 races across the Big Three in 2019. Just think about that. 36 cup races. 30... Uh, three, I believe, Xfinity races. Mm-hmm. And then there's 23 truck races. And he ran 77 races. That just goes to show you how many races he competed in. Right. And I, he wants to do that again. I commend him for it. He wants to get yeah, the experience. He wants to show playful. up what he can do. Um, you know, his priority will be the Xfinity title. And he won't be allowed to run the Truck Series playoff races or the Triple Truck Challenge. But I think you're going to see Ross Chastain in a lot of races. Which I applaud. Uh, as for his ride, Ty Majeski. Just got the deal full-time in 2020 to run for a Truck Series championship, so that's a big deal right there. And with Tyler Ankrum moving on um, to GMS Racing in the Truck Series, now the big question is who's going to fill that seat at uh, DGR Crossley Racing? There's a couple of things floating around here. First and foremost, they're a Toyota team who may be switching to Ford. So that's a big change right there. There's a possibility that we could see that switch. But could one of the drivers that they bring in-house be one of the hottest drivers and most talked about drivers in NASCAR, Haley Deegan. Hmm. That's a rumor being floated around. Now, Deegan is a Toyota driver right now. Bill McAmely, uh Bill McAlean, I can't say his last name. Uh, but that team. We know who you're talking about. <laughs> I don't know what it is. I've always had a problem with his last name. Bill McAnee or something like that racing. Uh, in the NASCAR uh, Canaan Pro Series, uh, she ran for the championship in the West Series, was uh, fairly impressive, won multiple races, and I, I believe was runner-up in the title. Um in 2019 and she is 18 years old i believe she just turned 18 so Haley deegan will now be technically allowed to run a full season in the truck series i don't know if it's quite time for that yet there's no word on what it could be and we know toyota has the intention they want her to run some truck race they've said that in the past we at least want to see Haley deegan in some truck races this season well Here's the thing now. Is she going to join DGR, drop Toyota, go to Ford? That could be a big change. Where would she run? Would it be a K&N ride? Would it be an Arca ride? Would it be a truck series ride? Part-time, full-time? I think that she's one of the biggest dominoes that is being watched right now because of how impressive she was in K&N. I mean, you look at the performance out of her, and I know, you know, I like to look at people as drivers. I don't like to look based on gender. But you can't ignore the fact that when it comes to female race car drivers, nobody did what she did in K&N. Nobody won those races. Nobody was that close in the championship hunt. She did something that people did not see happen in the past. And that is exciting. And that's going to grab a lot of attention. So I think Haley Deegan could be one of the most uh, sought-after drivers in the truck series next year. I really do. And if she is in the series, I would love to see how she performs. Give it a few years. Don't Mm -hmm. rush. Right. 
But yeah. I would love to see how Haley Deegan does because, unfortunately, see, that's what I was about to say. Give it some time. You know, I, I think unfortunately there's a big comparison between her and Natalie Decker, and we saw Natalie Decker's season. It was not the kind of year I think she was hoping for. But where was Haley Deegan? She was in K and N. Where was Natalie Decker? I didn't see her run much K&N, but I saw her in the truck series. And I think that for Natalie, she needs more experience. And I think that you need to be moving up the ladder slowly. We keep talking about it. Cole Custer, Tyler Reddick, Christopher Bell, they did it right. I think that they all can win their first race in their rookie season because they took two years at each division at least. Mm -hmm. And I like that format. They're going to want to get her to cup because it's a big deal, especially if she runs well in truck. She's 18. She should be in the yep. truck series for at least two years, at though. least two in each. Right. This way you don't have a situation that we see, like a Daniel Suarez, where you come up into the cup series now you're stuck. and you burn out because you didn't have the experience. And now after two years, like, all right, out the door because you didn't perform. And now you're just starting to hit your stride, but you have no ride and nobody believes in you. Mm-hmm. I hope that they don't rush her up because I think that that's going to be the difference between her being a very successful race car driver or maybe not having that opportunity. But... I know that that's going to be one of the big pieces to watch, and it is very possible that Haley Deegan could be at least part-time in the Truck Series next season, and that's going to be a big storyline to follow. Who's she going to run with? Will she be with Toyota still? Will she move to Ford? Will DGR move to Ford and then pick her up? Who knows what's going to happen? Again, it's just all these rumors swirling around, and NASCAR's offseason is short. <laughs> I mean, it's December It's December 11th. The Daytona 500 is, what, February 16th, 16th yep. this year? So, I mean, we are almost two months to the day Away from the we're Daytona 500. 69, 68 days out. No, sounds about right. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the racing season, like reference Kyle Bush. He's running the Rolex 24. That's just over a month away. The Rolex 24 is the weekend before the Super Bowl, the last weekend of January. And that's kind of like when it kicks off again because you do the Rolex 24, you take a break for the Super Bowl, and then it's time for the Sprint Unlimited. Or uh, I guess the, the Clash. I'm going way back on that one. The Clash again. Um, so. We're not that far away from the season starting. Things got to happen quickly. Uh, new announcement just this afternoon. Brennan Poole is going to be driving for Premium Motorsports in the Cup Series. So that's a first time, uh, I believe, first time full-time ride for him in the Cup Series. Uh, good for him. Um, and uh, for now, I believe that is the, the most part what we have announced for Silly Season. What rides we know of. Still dominoes to fall. We'll keep posting it up on our Facebook page. And, you know, uh, Kristen and I are going to do the occasional podcast like this. When there's something to talk about, we'll jump on and chat with you guys before we come back to our normal schedule uh, come time for the Clash and Speed Weeks in February back on Fox Sports 640 right here um, on the air and on the podcast. I'll tell you what, though. NASCAR did something right with this award ceremony we just saw. We've been in Vegas for a few years. Did Nashville not do an incredible job with NASCAR of putting they on a show? everything. CMA, I mean, they crush everything. But, you know, look, this is NASCAR, right? and we took it to Nashville, Tennessee. That's where it should be. Not to say that, look, NASCAR is only a southern sport still. It still has its reach. But this is NASCAR. That's Tennessee. This is the place. (laughs) And you know what? It looked like NASCAR was home. First of all, Burnout Boulevard, the best one ever. They put the lights under the cars and did it at night. Yep. That was some cool stuff right there. I mean, I read Even that they the were still... Even the drivers said that they thoroughly enjoyed it there. They were cleaning up the tire tracks still like four days later. They had so much rubber down there, burn yeah. marks on the street. It's like, man, this is actually this going to be a problem here. Like, are they going to be able to clean this off? It's just rubber. They got it <laughs> off. But that just shows you, too, like, you know, these guys were into it. We had 16 drivers out there with these cars lit up like that. The NASCAR awards ceremony was a fantastic show. I, I think there's a lot of... Uh, 
red-blooded American men who might have a crush on Kyle Larson's life or wife. Did you see her? This is the second time. Shotgun (laughs) that beer. That is some impressive stuff. Look, I'm not a very good drinker. Did you see everybody's faces in the photo? Oh, they were impressed. Look, you see Kyle's face. They were so impressed. Kyle Larson's just watching this. Like, you know, there were a lot of guys like, all right, that was pretty hot. He's like, that's my wife. He's like, "Mm mm-hmm. That's right. That's my wife right there. As second time she's done that, and also that wasn't that was a tall boyer. It wasn't. It wasn't one of the smaller ones. That was. That was a. Was that 16 ounce? I think beer? I don't know, but she crushed it. And she, she did. I mean, look, I, I always talk about it. I'm kind of an embarrassment. I don't drink well. I don't do beer to begin with. So I beer don't... makes me feel. I'm going to yeah. sound like such a freaking idiot here, but beer makes my, you know, my stomach hurt. I drink. I'm a vodka yeah. drinker, but even then, I can't really chug. And I'm watching this girl. I mean, she just shotgunned that thing in seconds, and it's like gone. I'm impressed. I'm very impressed. That's the, again, that is the epitome of NASCAR in Nashville right there. That's the kind of stuff we need to be seeing. Yep. Uh, great show. Great job at the NASCAR Awards. I thought everything was just done so fantastically. And I will say, though, for championship winner Kyle Busch, I, I was very impressed with some of the stuff we learned about him. We talked about it on and off throughout the season, and I, I believe it was Larry Mack who began to float the idea, something seemed off with Kyle Busch in his personal life. You know, there was a lot of discussion about that because, you know, it just seemed like there was something outside of the team mm-hmm. that was affecting performance, his mood. And we learned a very rough year had happened for both Kyle and his wife. Now, we knew they had a, a miscarriage in the past. Mm-hmm. And Kyle and his wife, Samantha, have apparently had multiple IVF failures trying to get pregnant. And you just got to imagine the toll that that takes on two people who are just trying so hard to have a child like that, you know, to give a, a sibling to Brexton. And it just keeps falling through. And then you got to put your game face on, and hit the racetrack, like yeah. and compete. And, you know, Kyle discussed making that choice. How do we go about sharing this he said to his wife you know i, I want to talk about this and they agreed okay and kyle was open and, and that's that's something that i think is endearing to a driver even you know with with kyle bush who by the way was runner-up in the most popular driver vote which i was i mean everybody was Shocked. like wait a minute <laughs> kyle bush was second on the second on the voting to chase elliott yeah. so you know he told that story and re- the reporters asked him you know did that affect you and Kyle said he didn't think it affected his on-the-track performance as much. During his life, yes. But, and I've heard a lot of drivers say the same thing. When I put the helmet on and I'm in the race car, just it's all Everything off your mind. Everything else changes, yeah. You're in that zone. You're not thinking about it. And Kyle Busch, obviously, at Homestead was able to get it done and, and get that championship. But I just I thought it was really cool that Kyle Busch, with something that was so, you know, something so emotional to come out publicly and share that. Not that it makes you feel better, but it helps others understand that go through the same thing. It does. And, you know, for a fan, it shows the real side of your life. You know, when we do our shows here and we talk about personal lives, people like that, whether it's good or bad. They like to have the connection to the person that they see at the race and that they watch and they cheer for. And knowing that and seeing him being a real human being, that's a fantastic thing for anybody in a sport. And I love the fact that he shared that as hard as that must have been. So, yeah, it looked like Kyle Busch did have some stuff going on. He did. And he powered through and he shared it with all of us. And I I thought that that was really beautiful that in light of the whole situation, Kyle Busch came out and shared what him and his wife had been going through. Mm -hmm. And, you know, 
we're all hoping. It just goes to show you can do anything. Mm-hmm. Set your mind to it. Well, you know, we're hoping. You know, you know I, I hope to have good news from from the Bush family. I yeah. hope that we get a pregnancy announcement and things go well because, you know, I can see how important that is to them. Right. You know, and that is something that is incredibly hard to deal with. I know plenty of people that I've met in life, you know, even my parents, when they were trying to get pregnant with me, it was a struggle. Um, and, you know, they, for a long time, they had miscarriages and it was an emotional toll. So anybody out there who goes through that and knows it firsthand, you know what they're going through. Right. So I thought it was really nice that Kyle Bush said, you know what? I want the people to know and, what and we went Like through. I said, it makes you feel like it's not just you. Yeah. You know, other you're not alone. Right, right. And that happens for him, too, because, you know, look, people are going to send in messages. They're going to say, you know, we've been through it. Hearing you talk about it, it made us feel better. We want to, you know, Reach say out. good luck to you. And right. that really is. It's It makes you feel better when you see people that you wouldn't even have known, wouldn't have expected, you know, Facebook comments and Twitter messages offering condolences. It's beautiful. It really right. is. So I was really impressed to see Kyle Bush and his family open about that. Um, and I thought that was a really cool experience right there for them to share that. Of course, such a big day. Talk about swing of emotions. You're accepting your championship. Right. Um, and you got all that going on, too. So Kyle Bush, I thought, was a great ambassador to the sport. While, you know, there may be arguments during the course of the year, there may be arguments about fighting and uh, opinions after racing and attitude. But right in that moment, Kyle Bush was a fantastic representative for the sport mm-hmm. of NASCAR, as far as I'm concerned. And, you know, uh, talking about Nashville... There has been a lot of work and a lot of failures and a lot of speculation over the fairground speedway. We want this track back so badly. SMI, Bristol Motor Speedway, they're trying to get this one mile track back at, at uh, you know, the Nashville fairgrounds. And there is a battle because there's a soccer stadium that wants to be built, too. And they're battling over this space. Um, and one day it looks good. One day it looks bad. This is a tweet that I saw from yesterday afternoon. Speedway Motorsports has submitted a new proposal to the Nashville mayor and... This is trying to get them to operate the fairground speedway to get this back. And this is happening, apparently, as there are issues getting the city to okay the soccer stadium. So there's now roadblocks on the soccer stadium, and now there's a new plan for the speedway. This would be fantastic. This is NASCAR roots. This is what people talk about, these short tracks, a one-mile banked oval at the fairgrounds in Nashville, Tennessee. Well, like you were just saying, like, the awards there showed it's... It showed that Nashville is a NASCAR city. Right. And so I think that it would Why be a not hot bring spot. this track back? Right. I think that it's going to have something, you know, they're going to redo the grandstands, make it modern. I think it's going to be like 40,000 seats, which for a NASCAR venue today is a fantastic crowd. Mm-hmm. And that's what we need. A one mile oval like that with so much history, that is the kind of stuff that we want to see. I think that that would be a fantastic step in the right direction. NASCAR also talked about street races, potentially bringing them into a market. Now, that was a contentious debate. Hey, I'm open to it. Let's see. And it doesn't hurt the drive. <laughs> Why not? You know, that's one of the things like, you know, we, we talk about the pit stop thing. That's stupid. It's right. dumb as hell. Street race? Hey, I'm open. Not totally it. against it. <laughs> let's see what happens. If it sucks, then we won't do it again. Right. The Roval, everybody was like, I don't know about this. Everybody loves the Roval now. So let's do it. Let's throw them out there. Uh, also, you see the new logo for the uh, NASCAR Cup Series. It seems kind of weird. There's no title sponsor on it. But we, we talked about this sponsorship model. Um, and NASCAR has brought in their four premier sponsors. They were able to land four. And these are sports. Uh, these are sponsors that have been around NASCAR for a while. Big names. Geico, Anheuser-Busch, Xfinity, and Coca-Cola. Mm-hmm. Those are some of the biggest sponsors in NASCAR for a right. considerable time now. And those are going to be the new premier partners, the official partners of NASCAR that they brought on. But I, I read this, and I was really impressed by this because of the state of NASCAR and NASCAR protecting its teams. Because they haven't done this in the past. 
They told potential partners that if you are sponsoring one of our cars or an organization and you're going to be in a position where by becoming an official partner with us, you're no longer it's going to affect your sponsorship deal with these other teams. We don't want that to happen. If you're sponsoring a team, we want you to stay with the team and we don't want you to cut back half your sponsorship or drop a team to become an official NASCAR partner. And I think that's the difference from the past because NASCAR would be like, you want to be an official partner? Sure. Right. You know, they didn't even do. Yeah. And to me, that shows NASCAR protecting their teams and realizing which how is, important that is. And that's a, that, that's a big deal. Which is awesome. Right. Because you have to have the team supported in order to keep this running. You're not going to be able to keep the sport going. And that's something under this leadership that I think is, a. again, I, I see positives under this. Let's right. give them a chance. I can't wait for 2021. I'm excited. And I think this next car is pretty badass looking so far. I think we're going to see some cool stuff. Be open-minded to these things if we can. We don't need to be in a place where we're like but the, but the, crashing I just, everything. Right. I just don't get how you can't be when we haven't even tried it yet. <laughs> you know, it's Now, just, if it's a terrible fail and they keep it, then okay, it's time oh to bash. Yeah, well, they get mad. You <laughs> know, like, they bash it. NASCAR's right. trying new things. That is what we're trying to do. 95% of the time, I say give it a chance. Unless NASCAR says get rid of pit stops, then it's like, okay... Get on Facebook, get on Twitter, and just uh, what the hell are you people thinking? Because this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. Yep. Well, we'll definitely be with you again, I'm sure, during the offseason. Things are going to continue to break here. And excited to jump on and do a podcast. I'm in withdrawal right now from NASCAR. It's just, by weekends, I've never had so much time on my I'm telling you, it's only like 68 or 69 days out. We're close. That sounds right. Because, uh, (laughs) you know, it's 30 or so days in a month. So we got to be close. Um, The Daytona 500, of course, always an amazing race. And Darius and Rucker is your pre-race performer. That's right. That was just announced. Pre-race yep. performer. Hopefully he doesn't get a DUI and have to get Stop. backed out immediately before. <laughs> Didn't that one guy... Yeah, Sam Hunt, he wasn't allowed to air. He he was uninvited to the award show. Well, I heard he uninvited himself, but I'm like, uh, did you really? Yeah. But, uh, you know, you're, and they put Chris Jansen in place. You're a you're a country person. I, I am on... I'm not. You're on New Country 103.1, and I am on 2010 Zan today at WRMF. <laughs> Opposite worlds. Right. But doesn't the guy that got the DUI have a song called like drinking in the drinking and driving or something? It's yeah, he has drinking songs. Isn't there one specifically about him driving though? Hold on, I got Sam Hunt. I could have sworn his latest one is about like bringing home to family. Dr- let's see here, uh, Sam is that what Hunt. What you're talking about? Drinking too much, I think might be it. Um, he's got something I think that references. And yet, dry, there's something here about driving and drinking, and everybody was just saying how ironic it was that he got a DUI. Yeah. Dude, just... His latest one is about, like, bringing the girl home to family. I don't know if I want to... Yeah, he's like, <laughs> okay, we gotta go wholesome now. Quick, backtrack, backtrack. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, yeah, Darius Rucker would be a good show. He's definitely another uh, good NASCAR guy for the Daytona 500. Yeah. Who's gonna be in victory lane? Well, we're gonna find out in 60-something days, and we'll get right back onto this NASCAR schedule. It's gonna be so exciting. I don't care what you say. It's always thrilling. Mm-hmm. You can't convince me otherwise. We'll catch you guys back next time. Thank you so much for hanging with us. Hope you have a happy holiday. Enjoy your Hanukkah, your Kwanzaa, your Christmas, your New Year's, whatever the hell you're doing. <laughs> you don't want to celebrate anything? Fine. Enjoy that, too. I really just... Let's be inclusive. Sit, sit on the couch. Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'll sit on the couch, and I'll be like, oh, crap. It's fourth day of Hanukkah. Where's my menorah? Because that's exactly what <laughs> I did last You're the worst. I am not a good religious person. We have constantly... Do this. I, funny story. I accidentally... I'm Jewish, and I accidentally had my first communion 
over the weekend, and I didn't realize I did it. Yep, we had to explain that. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Uh, <laughs> if you'd uh, like to figure out what the hell that was, uh, the KVJ Show podcast got you covered at 97.9 WRMF. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us. We'll be talking more NASCAR throughout the offseason. Of course, back with you in time for the Daytona 500. I'm Jeremy Kaufman. She's Kristen Schaffaletti, and this is Flag to Flag from Fox Sports 640.